Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 356. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm one of your hosts, Todd Oxtra from beautiful Savage, Minnesota, joined by Charlie from somewhere on the west coast of Michigan, which people know of. The left coast, and I even brought a left coast friend with me. That would be our returning superstar, our uh, now regular once monthly uh, third awesome voice. That would be Katie Q. Katie, what's up? Hey, how you everyone doing? We're th- we're we're doing doing. I think we're paying you. What's the rate they said? It was like uh, in Hollywood where you pay somebody like the 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 base rate. Wait, I'm supposed to be getting paid for this? Damn it, Oxtra, you overplayed our hand again. <laughs> we're paying you in. Uh, what what what, what do artists say? They say we're paying you in uh, exposure uh, exposure dollars. <laughs> Expo- exposure dollars. Think of all the people that will hear your voice. Yes, yes, that's it. Smoke yes. screen, smoke screen. <laughs> yes, as, yes. As an artist, I don't want this. No. <laughs> no. Exposure. I don't want this. No, no, no. We are, we are nothing asking nothing of you but to come on, have a good conversation. As that you pay me in me being able to get my geekness out and just vent about random things and go off on strange topics as then my spouse doesn't have to deal with it. So It, it is true it is truly its own reward it pays uh, yes. itself. Yes. Yes, that's yeah. what we find out that, that essentially us getting to talk about geeky things is our own reward in the world of nerd. And people enjoy it great. And maybe in the future, we'll talk about a way that you can pay us back. But until then, we have got a really cool comic to talk about. Uh, that is uh, Thor 356. Charlie picked this, but you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Thor fan. I've got a I, shelf of Thors. I love uh, it. I, I could. I couldn't figure out it was a little meta. I couldn't figure out if this this was not a, the uh, the assistant editors of the month issue, which they did, I think, a couple of years before this. But you've got uh, you've got Hercules and his very classic. I've never been able to figure out his strap pants. I know I've seen these before. This is a a, a, a clearly a fashion go before that was the thing in Olympus back in the day. Because yeah, it's just it's just straps of leather connected together. I don't even know how you'd be able to. And how are they held up? Oh, those aren't pants. Those are thigh high, strappy sandals. Yeah. Really? I guess I. Extreme, oh, yes, yeah. they are extreme sandals. Extreme sandals. Those yeah. are some extreme sandals right there. I mean, I, I I don't even have the words. But anyway, I felt it to be kind of meta because he does uh, make reference to. He says, "Stand aside, Thunder God." Walt Simonson is on vacation, and so thou art. So he's tossing him out. So this was a guest artist who decided to take some license and be like hey hercules is is the pimp of this issue and he's got this very 80s looking you know kind of uh jane fonda exercise bunny being like ooh, 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 herky you're so godly oh my wow setting back uh women's lib a good 50 years with that statement alone so yeah. I will give you a little bit of background about this ep- episode. This did not star Thor. It was essentially uh, Hercules and Jarvis going out for a drink 
they end up regaling or Hercules regaling uh, basically this young fan they find who's actually a Thor fan about how Hercules was so awesome. So basically, uh, Hercules is a bragger talking about how he, uh, you know, uh, took on Thor and won the day. And it was all kind of a lie. So this is kind of one of those tall tale issues. So this is like was, inside um, Thor, uh, Hercules' mind. This is how he saw himself. This was, there was a very similar uh, Spider-Man issue. It was not that long after it was in uh, Spectacular Spider-Man, which was one of the shoot-offs where uh, JJ, J. Jonah Jameson and Mary Jane and Peter were having a drink at a bar after all three of them were involved in a bank robbery. But obviously Peter came turned into Spider-Man. And they, they went had to their crime? Di- they went to, they, they, a, a crime happened around them. And oh, so they committed the crime together. Yes, they, yeah. Yeah, I know that would have really been a turn of phrase, but they all they all recalled how each one of them ended up being the hero of the story. So I, I should I should read that and I should read this one and kind of compare and contrast. Sounds like it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, Jackson Geis was the guest artist and Bob Harris was the writer, I believe. Yeah, Walt Simonson obviously was right in his wheelhouse, but he got a break apparently. So we'll yeah. see, you know. Yeah, check it out. It's on uh it came out in June nineteen eighty five. So this was in the golden era of Thor and a great right. era of Marvel Comics at that time. Uh Katie one thing I do want to point out, this is a Hawkeye special episode. Colors are blue and purple, yet your mm-hmm. hair is not. <laughs> well, I mean, I have some, some a little bluish bit. T- I do. No. I decided to go with a change. Um, I will say this actually, the green glows in black light, which is awesome. Ooh, oh, that was nice. just a happy accident. I didn't realize that the hair dye did that when I got it, but... Uh, You'll you'll know me as I get to be a recurring uh, guest. Every couple months, my hair just drastically changes color. <laughs> no, nice. It's I like, like it. it's more akin to Madame Mask and her her, her hair stylings, as we'll yeah, talk about nice. in the comic, uh, <laughs> right? Very shortly, yes. So, well, very well. We talked about the comic. We talked about Katie's hair color. Uh, we did not talk about my hair color because I was going to say gray. that. That is a flat, uh, and mine as well. That the one time I did dye my hair was really not uh, met with much accord. So my hair is is gray for good, and Todd's hair yeah, is. Let's not bring up the hair. era of Charlie's hair dyeing yes. and color and haircuts. That was a era we will twenty twenty. The the era the era of the hera. Yeah, that, let's not bring that up. But let's move on now. We are going to chat with our favorite blue haired uh, news correspondent. That is our gal pal, our senior correspondent. That is Madam Webb. So without further delay, Madam Webb, take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness. We are back. Christmas is over. We're hanging in New Year's. Um, by the way, Madam Webb, um, I would not recommend you dressing up like baby New Year. You are old. You are susceptible to many illnesses. Keep as much clothing on as you can, please. Really, honestly, that would be great. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Let's all let's all stay clothed in this cold season coming up because we don't want to be sick for the holidays. No, no pneumonia. Okay, so uh, first and foremost, and I've uh, been following this story for a little over a year. We all have, but uh, we got Michael Keaton uh, coming back as Batman uh, in the the Flashpoint film, which that's coming out this year, isn't it? I'm guessing. It is. Yes, fall, okay. I believe. Totally awesome. But yeah, now uh, we're finding that uh, he is on a streak. He's also going to be returning in the Batgirl uh, kind of a direct-to-home video, as it were, that's going to be on HBO Max. Uh, Also coming out in 2022. I'm scrolling to see if that's listed here, and I don't think that it is. But regardless, yeah, so um, 
I'm totally digging it. So I'm wondering if that means that the Flashpoint film will kind of establish him as part of whatever the prime layout is. Because I know in DC they've always been Earth 1, Earth 2, whatever it is. But Flashpoint is something that kind of twisted and turned things around. And maybe that's going to be an opportunity. I think a lot of people have kind of hypothesized they could be an opportunity to kind of course correct for the DCEU and getting rid of some potentially less desirable film elements of bad movies and what have you. Um, but who the hell doesn't love Michael Keaton as Batman? So this is great. Uh, cool news uh, coming out. And again, I'm looking to see if this has saying when this is coming out. And it does It does not. Coming oh, out in the... Whoa, whoa. Oh, let's see here. It at least says... Uh, Fla- yeah, Flash comes out November 4th. So we at least got that going. So maybe, maybe this is a... Yeah, there's no early word on when, uh, when Batgirl will debut on HBO Max. So, but anyway, we'll obviously see him in uh, see him in the Flash or the the Flashpoint, uh, which you know later next year, and then so th- this gives me a vibe as to be something we see in twenty twenty three, which I'm sure will be here before you know it. I'm starting to get a feel that, um, especially after Spider Man, that having and, and DC did this with their Crisis on Infinite Earths. We saw that previously with Tom Welling. It just seems like people are nostalgic for heroes of certain eras and bringing them back in is just of the time it's very Mm -hmm. successful it makes people feel happy and there's been so much now that you can have touch points from the 80s and 70s in those eras before we just didn't have that before because we just didn't have anything successful so i see more and more of this going to happen we're going to see this just continue i see this with the power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles where they bring back the old version put into the new um i mean it's going to continue to happen so i'm i'm fine with it as long as it's well done well and then after a while we'll probably get tired of it and we'll push back and we'll say oh my goodness not again as most of us will we get excited we get angry gets frustrated and we move on uh but one of the cool things is too with this this movie that's coming up in this backroom where we got brendan frazier is on board as firefly um it's it should be a lot of fun and batgirl once again excluding the the horrible Batman movie we got. Um, we just have not gotten a great Batgirl on screen, and I want more of that. We obviously got Batman 66 as well, but we need a good Batgirl because Batgirl, the Batman family, is fantastic, but we've just gotten very little uh, showings of those characters, and Batgirl is definitely a pioneer as a heroine, and so I want more of her, and this is going to be very good because there's been great comics of Batgirl, so I want more mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I'm still hesitant that we're going to get a good Batman movie that I can enjoy. And with Batgirl, part of her enjoyment is how like happy and enthusiastic she is about being a superhero. And so mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm, st- I'm still a little resident or um, reticent about the entire Batgirl thing, just because I'm afraid they're going to try to make her dark and brooding and she's not a dark and broody character. So like I, right. I'm excited to see Michael Keaton again. I love I love me some some classic Batman's. Those were great movies. Just they were a lot of fun, um, and they didn't seem to they they knew what they were, and they didn't try to do anything else. So I liked that part. <laughs> but mm-hmm. so we'll say, like you know hesitantly enthusiastic. Let's say that. Right. Yeah. There was uh, I think Charlie Evan talked about. There was a great Batgirl run from the New Fifty Two. And she had this really cool utilitarian like outfit. Yeah. A lot of like pockets pouches. and things. All pouches. Yeah. And she had like an adventure where she went to Japan. It was so well done. Very cool. I hope they incorporate yeah. that version of the character. 
Right. Oh yeah. Well, and she even had um, a couple of crossover where, like, um, with Supergirl, where they mm-hmm. have had a lot of fun together. Um, she was really great, even in the Harley Quinn cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she was top notch. So I think that she can be put in kind of that grisly, you know, darker setting. But I think it's just a matter of whether or not they let her keep kind of her enthusiasm and you know, kind of optimism for life. Right. Go. Don't put her in the wheelchair yet. She okay. doesn't put her in the wheelchair yet. Yeah, don't 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 overplay your hand with the wheelchair stuff. So <laughs> all right, well moving on, Todd, are you talking about this one? I mean the, the headline alone is fantastic. This is an oddball, but it, it's it's the the person involved in this makes me very interested. So apparently we're getting a Christine reboot because it's the time of Stephen King renaissance. We're bringing all these properties back. Christine, we got a movie from the early 80s that I don't think anybody's that enamored with. Uh, so it makes sense. Maybe you could reinvent Christine, especially in the era of like autonomous vehicles, AI. That probably makes more sense <laughs> than just a car possessed by a ghost. I don't know. Right. Maybe you guys have had a car possessed by a ghost. I <laughs> haven't, but I've had a so, car AI or, or uh, you know, the, the the interface go wrong. And are like, what the heck? And hopefully you don't die because of like Google Maps, you know, jumping off a bridge. But we are getting this and Brian Fuller is going to actually be behind this. Brian Fuller's really someone I've enjoyed quite a bit. Right. Uh, was it? Um, uh, oh, the Daisy show. What the, what the heck of the name of that Pushing movie? Daisies? Yeah. Pushing Daisies. Yeah, he was the creator go. behind that. Right. He was brought on uh, to basically reboot Star Trek, Charlie. And he left. Uh, right. We got discovered. He was the, the man behind it. Actually. Oh, that's right. We, of course. Of course. Yep. And then he's been, he was actually behind um, uh, Hannibal as well. That, sh- that, that show on NBC that people just love and revere. So he's a creative uh, really creative person uh, and the fact that he would be interested in doing this basically a car that is possessed and basically takes revenge on people um, could be interesting and I believe I, I didn't realize this the 1983 version was done by John Carpenter I like John Carpenter so maybe I should watch yeah. it because I never did we did uh, I know that you know obviously April is a, a huge Stephen King fan talked about that quite a bit um, so I feel like I've seen the lion's share of these films. Uh, and I don't think there was anything outrageously awesome about this film. It's not like, Oh, this is like, you know, uh, the shining, or this is like, uh, it, or this is like, uh, name me another good one. I'm drawing blank pet cemetery. I don't, I don't know that I would call that a great mm-hmm. one. I, it's a matter of opinion. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, you're right. In a time of, you know, every, everybody's always had, a feeling with their car feeling like it's possessed or whatever it is or something wacky goes wrong so yeah this was a um this was an oddball one and again with a great creator in hand maybe it could be something different altogether who's to say the the headline though does say he promises it to be extremely horny which it is kind of funny it reminds me of those like movies where like the computer robot whatever falls in love and it goes drastically wrong so <laughs> I, you know maybe there could be something more to this where the car falls in love with him and something goes really weird i don't know Katie, we, uh, I, I have no skin in this game don't look at me <laughs> i mean well, I, I am thrilled with the, the car aspect. I am always down to talk about a good car. Um, mm-hmm. I have no, I do not read Stephen King. I don't do horror. So I was just like, cool, possessed car. I, I Yay. It'll be horny as hell, I guess. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, there you go. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, there was a, and maybe it was like a direct to Netflix or something, but Adam Devine starred in a movie where his phone was an AI and then it became, fell in love oh, with yeah. him. And they had a weird sex scene in it, if you can imagine. So I just 
That's what it makes me think of. So, you know what? Just stay off the tailpipe, buddy. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, stay, Charlie. Stay, stay, out, stay out of the gas nozzle. You just went don't there. do it. You just went there, Charlie. Just don't do it. Just oh, don't do it. Oh, yeah. It's what I do. <laughs> I, I, am the, I am the guy who goes there. Uh, absolutely. So look for that in a couple of years, but it's going to be by Blumhouse. So if nothing, Blumhouse does bring a, a certain level of quality to horror, which we have been really enjoying these years. So maybe this will be a winner, but it could be horribly wrong. And Brian Fuller could leave the project like he left a lot of other things and it could go into directions we don't need to talk about. Oh, well. Uh, so the, Katie, the, the tailpipe. But in a story that you did want to talk about, uh, let us know about Dark Horse and where they're going. Yeah, so Dark Horse was recently purchased by um, a movie company, by another entertainment company. Um, I am now blanking completely. On the the Abracer Group. Yes, the Abracer Group. And so, um, I mean, basically, I'm looking at this as Embracer has made um, it pretty clear that they're not planning on really getting involved with the kind of the day-to-day creatives of Dark Horse. It seemed like they made this purchase saying, hey, we like you. We like what you do. We just want to make sure you can do it more. So I'm just looking at this going, cool, maybe we're going to get a really awesome Hellboy video game, maybe. So, I mean, they, they did stuff like Dead Island, you know, Borderlands. I loved me some Borderlands, so I am, I'm here for it. I think that if that means I get more comic books slash video games, I'm, I'm 100% on board. Yeah, they are synonymous with, like, perching a lot of developers. But I think what they're also going to do is allow like you said, not getting the day-to-day operations, but mm-hmm. leverage their IP that they own. So they, like the yeah. Umbrella uh, the Umbrella Academy, uh, Hellboy, the, Th- the 300, uh, Resident Alien for Sci-Fi, which just came out, which I really enjoy. So they have a lot of public, uh, you know, unique IP that they manage uh, beyond like the the, the, the the IP that they've actually acquired. Like these do Star Wars comics, RoboCop, right. Predator, yeah. things like that. But they've g- gone into more of like, these are our properties that we publish and we partner with the creators. And what we're going to do is we're going to use our strength to basically get them on the screen, whether it's TV, movie, or video game. So I like this, the fact that you've got a group that can pres- you know, represent these to studios like Netflix and HBO Max and do things like that, where we could see the next iteration of Hollow Boy, which maybe isn't a movie that doesn't go well, but maybe is a TV series, which incorporates some of those characters, or yeah. the Umbrella Academy getting a third season on a different uh, publisher. So I like this idea. Yeah, well, and from my understanding, um, if I'm remembering correctly, Dark Horse, they've already kind of dipped into doing um, video game comics as well, because I think they're the ones behind the Halo um, comics and um, some of the um, Apex comics. Um, oh, yeah. If I remember correctly. So it seems like it's like a happy mashup on both ends. Yeah, they did the Mass Effect, Mass Effect comics collections as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's good to see that they are able to partner and build these relationships because, unfortunately, a lot of these comic book publishers, if you're not Marvel or DC, the, the, the ability to get out your, your, your IP out there with somebody else and not having somebody behind you, it's hit or miss and your, publish, and your properties could be mismanaged and you wouldn't get a voice. Mm-hmm. So I like yeah. this because, um, yeah. And, and it's funny, Charlie, because, you know, Dark Horse used to be the, the, the IP that was, they didn't own the IP. So they just put right. them out there and they did crazy right. things. So uh, it's good to see them get a, a, a second chance at life because without those properties, they could have like gone away and we wouldn't have Dark Horse anymore. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially in, in this era of, you know, the, the monster powers that are Marvel and DC battling for dominance, you know, kind of what's left. And there are other, I think of them and I think of like IDW and I think of, 
I mean, what's what, what's another smaller, you know, dynamite? Uh, yeah, there's a few around. others that are out there. I mean, image is another one that's big, but once right. again, uh, they are big because of the creators behind them. But I don't know. Right. I mean, and they're but they're kind of hand- managed very independently basis. Uh, the creators right. like Invincible right. is on Amazon, but I don't think any other image comics are anywhere specific. Right. So they, they tend to play in the space that is not of of note to yeah. Marvel and DC. So that, that uh, it's, you're like you said, it's good to see that there is still room out there for quote unquote, the little guy, even though this is obviously big business. Um, but there are room for other creators with other ideas that don't fit into the capes and cowls as Todd frequently says. So that's, that, that's super cool. I like it. Very, very cool. Well, look for that coming and maybe more things on, like I said, on, on many screens that you can play or watch. Very, very cool. And it's good to see a comic book company survive in this uh, era, especially when, you know, they've been a very, very, very helpful to creator own properties and very creator, uh, uh, you know, friendly is the best way to put it, I guess. So very good. Uh, Al, uh, Charlie, did you want to cover the next story? Yeah, I'll give it a stab. You know, I, uh, I'm always kind of hoping for a better day when it comes to big crossover events, um, but they're always going to happen. I, Todd, I remember, I mean, you and I have been doing the show for a long time, but I remember very affirmatively that we got to the end of one year and there was a, a press release for a story of kind Marvel saying, well, we're going we're gonna to slack off on the crossovers for next year. We're, we're taking a break. We don't want it to get hypersaturated. I just don't feel like that ever happened because they just keep coming. Uh, as as evidenced by the fact we had a crossover event uh, announced for 2022 titled Banner of War, Hulk versus Thor, or Hulk versus Thor, Banner of War, whatever it is that you want to call it. Um, but yeah, it's a big slug out uh, between obviously Thor and the Hulk. Uh, and you know, as a crossover, that means simply that it's going to be reaching out and touching, obviously, uh, titles across the verse, as it were. Uh, launched with... Uh, Hulk versus Thor Banner of War Alpha number one in, on April 27th. So this is going to be, oh yeah, and they, you know, in this article we have is scrolls of them kind of punching each other, kind of look, it's kind of got shades of what we saw in Ragnarok. So, you know, Todd, you are, you are somebody who's followed uh, Thor pretty closely. You're someone who has uh, kind of espoused your uh, love for the Hulk, particularly Peter David run back in the eighties and nineties. What does, what, what, what does this mean to you? It's an interesting, uh, because they don't really have a great past in the comics, but we right. have seen that relationship develop on in the MCU, which is really interesting. Right. And right now the same writer, Donnie Cates is writing right. both of the comics. So it there makes sense go. that he's like, ah, I got these both characters. I'm developing storylines. I'll bring them together. Um, it did make me laugh when he's the first, uh, you know, issue is like alpha. And that reminds me of the heyday of the really bad crossovers. You had to have an alpha, a negative one or whatever. Yeah. Like, Why do they do this? Just start with number yeah. one and go to number five. Don't <laughs> make it complex. Flash, yeah. Flashback number zero. Now this article doesn't really, they, they call it a crossover, but they don't necessarily make it sound like it's moving on to be another title. So no, it, no, it's, it, it should be a one off with these two characters, which is hopefully okay. self-contained, um, you know, which is just five issues. Uh, it's starting off April 27th, and they said, right, uh, right. And, and apparently they're both celebrating their 60th birthdays this year at the same time, which is cool. Right. Um, that is, and, 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 that, and that's an occasion. But yeah, that, that makes me happy because, again, the biggest thing with crossover, like the one that really burned us, and, and I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blame April for this because she was the one who was like, we got to read the whole thing was the War of the Realms. And oh, my God. 
Rookie mistake, Charlie. Never read the whole thing. Never read the whole thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. Just the core story. I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Wasn't that an old ad slogan from the 70s? It was. Can't believe I ate the whole thing. That was, yeah. So uh, I I think because I bought them all, I kind of made her. I'm like, you wanted to do this. You're going to read them all. I think she finally got through it, but I think. That's what finally broke my wife of reading comics because she's like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. A sim- well, as I always say, Charlie, a simple story told in 13 parts. Right. But, exactly. No, you don't do- no, don't do that. Don't do that. But yeah, this right. just sounds like it's just going to be a big old slug fest between these two characters. I'm not really sure what the status of Quo right now. I, I haven't really dipped back into Thor in a while. Hulk either. I know Hulk was going through some weird events like he was undead and couldn't die and brought back. And Thor was basically the king of Asgard going from there. So I don't know what really what status quo brings them together or fight against each other except in these images it looks like uh hulk has got some weird weapon x style like gear on his face and and, and thor looks pretty much the same looks like he regained his arm and, and manola molnir again so i don't know it should be fun five issues and it'll be on uh, marvel unlimited if we don't check it out in the stores all right good deal all right well todd take us home uh, into the very exciting January Halloween space. I love it. <laughs> I love Halloween. I was talking to my wife, actually. I lamented. I'm like, I really love this. The Basically, everything once October 1st starts happening, Halloween, Christmas, New Year's, it's like fun, exciting things. January happens, and it's like, start working out. Like, <laughs> it's like the boringest era. And like Valentine's, maybe if you like that, Arbor Day, maybe St. Patrick's Day, and then Flag Day. You know, it's just like, it's so sad and boring. And I'm like, okay, countdown to Halloween again. Here we go. So, man, never, ne- you know what? Never put down Flag Day in front of me, actually. That's, that, <laughs> that is not acceptable. Flag Day forever. Cupcake day, donut day. Okay, now don't day. be going after my desserts here. Oh no, yeah. I love desserts too. I mean, any any <laughs> I, yeah. any, any excuse like those fake days, like it's cupcake day. Go and get a cupcake. Yeah, I think I think that we can uh, we can elect uh, Quinn as the ambassador of Cupcake Day. That that that, that gets that my vote. That gets so, my vote. So one question about cupcakes, though, Katie, do you like take the bottom off? Put it on top of the uh, frosting, so you have like a more of a, a cake sandwich. No, they just eat <laughs> off all the frosting and then oh, the cake. <laughs> okay. and, then, and then just put it back in the bin. There you go. <laughs> no, are you kidding? I'm not going to put back cake. I'm still going to eat the cake. Oh, we yeah. thought you might be one of those people that just licks the frosting off. So here you go. <laughs> I'm uh, frosting. Charlie. Charlie has no tolerance, oh, so that's what he does. It's, it's no. now oh, a muffin. Come on. It's, it's, it's now oh, a muffin. It's I was exposed. Would you like a muffin? <laughs> <laughs> a, a post-cupcake. There you go. Muffin, muffin top. Oh, <laughs> well, boy. Oh, all right. Well, all the way off. But anyway, yes, please. Yeah, segueing from dessert into uh, Halloween. Back to Halloween. Uh, basically, we're getting this. Uh, we're getting a Disney Plus doing a Werewolf by Night Halloween special on Disney Plus. I'm I'm assuming this will be animated, but this could be a lot of fun. And this could lean us into the Midnight Suns, which has been the horror part of Marvel we just haven't got yet, which would be uh, Werewolf by Night. Uh, let's see. Vampire. Uh, what was it? What was the uh, Vampire by Day? 
We're by night, uh, Vampire Day, probably not. <laughs> some come by. Aren't you? Are you trying to sing me the theme from Moonlighting? Some come by night. No, no, not at all. No, okay. okay, so so apparently we're getting this the special, which will have Jack Russell, which is a great name for a werewolf. God, Jack Russell, dog. I mean, come on, <laughs> you gotta love it. Uh, and then they're going to also be meet, uh, met up by Nina Price, who is also Vampire Night by Night. I guess everybody's by night. Todd by night. Katie by night, Todd, Charlie by night. We're all by Char- night. We're Char- creatures Char- of night. Charlie by the weekend. Yeah, and apparently uh, Jack's family is cursed with lycanthropy after one of his ancestors crossed path the werewolf and has been imprisoned by Dracula. So basically becoming uh, allies, though, with Moon Knight, uh, a bunch of the other characters, Man-Thing, Blade. Uh, it's so weekly, and Ghost Rider eventually creates this this holy unholy trinity of uh, or. or quintuplets i don't know how many characters i got the numbers wrong i'm throwing out things twin trilogy i like it (laughs) there you go uh but apparently they're going to be doing this special on disney plus for halloween which would be a lot of fun i don't know if we'll get an uh cgi we'll get a traditional animation but i love this i loved the muppets halloween special this year it was fantastic um, I'm hoping we get more of those type of things with uh, the property. So I don't know. Uh, is this interesting? Would you be interested in a Marvel Halloween special? And I think it would depend on um, where they take it because, um, like you were saying, Todd, Marvel has or Disney Plus and Disney subsequently hasn't really dipped into any more of their horror stuff. So I'd be interested to see if they're willing to go like if they're going to dip their toe in or if they're going to dive into it because it is Disney and right. they, you know, are, you know, family values, whatever that means. Um, so I'd be interested to see if they treat it more like, you know, like the Muppet special where it's, you know, all good fun games and, you know, Oh look, Jack Russell, he's a werewolf, but he looks like a Jack Russell when he transforms. Who knows? And he keeps on itching himself. Yeah. I just, right. I, I just got the reference, and I have a Jack Russell. I'm such a dummy. <laughs> Five minutes later, perfect response it. time, Charlie. The last, the last horse crosses the finish line. But okay. oh, oh, I know. But I would like to see if they could actually sink their teeth in it, so to speak, and make something that is horror. Now, granted, I wouldn't watch it if it was horror, but I also understand that there's a lot of people out there who do really enjoy that kind of thing and enjoy the suspense and what horror brings with that and i feel like they are missing a big market because they're too afraid to kind of take off those gloves and really do something with it no i've never read the originals like i don't know anything about the original characters so i don't know if maybe like i'm way off base and there are like fun and games type of characters where this is like kind of a pet cemetery type of deal or you know or frank and weenie i guess would be you know a good analogy for that right or Not if it's something cemetery, that right. yeah <laughs> that has a little bit more kind of you know grit to it right yeah, Midnight Suns was a uh, which I really enjoyed. It was it was darker, Morbius. Uh, what was it uh, Charlie? It was Ghost Rider. It was yeah. the Johnny Blaze. It was a different a bunch right. of different ones. They teamed up with Punisher at times. They teamed with Ghost Rider. Uh, yes, you know, they have uh, yeah. vibes. No, yeah. no, definitely not at all. But they would take <laughs> on like demons and stuff like. that. And I yeah. really enjoyed it, but it was still Marvelific. So it, right. it wasn't like totally like dismemberments and you know things like that but it was still felt like an edgy part of marvel universe in comic form um and if it got if they wanted to go darker if they could definitely go to hulu because we've gotten that with like the mojo series we got with monkey Mm -hmm. if they wanted to go over the top but yeah this one might feel a bit more family friendly which to your point it's more spooky than scary right Mm -hmm. 
True enough. So I assume that we will see this actually around Halloween. Yeah, definitely. That no, no. My, makes, my favorite yeah. thing is where they drop it like November 1st. Why do you do that? Wow. Way to go. <laughs> Overshooting the mark. Oh, my goodness. Well, that uh, that takes us up on out of here. So, Todd, uh, dust off your phone. Get your Uber app ready. Uh, we're going to have to get out of this nice clean bar and go to a really disgusting one downtown that's called the Geek Easy. So let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk nerdy to me. We're sitting in the Geek Easy, cover bands playing, drinks are poured, and we are ready to get our nerd on. Apparently, all the drunks are gone and they're enjoying Hall- uh, Christmas because it's just Halloween. Halloween. Oh, boy. The place to ourselves. <laughs> We're here, ready to talk, get our nerd on. So, Katie, what have you been watching or reading? Um, well, I've been rewatching Clone Wars because the last time we spoke, uh, you had been talking about Prodigy and mentioned Ezra from Clone Wars. So, I watched the first four episodes of Prodigy wanted to and i mentioned this charlie i wanted to throw the main character out of an airlock <laughs> and then i was like ezra was not this much of an a-hole was he i don't remember him being this much of an a-hole so then i re- went back and rewatched uh rebels rebels and, yeah yeah greatly enjoyed that that was a nice palette cleanser and then i was like well now i have to go back and rewatch clone wars so i've started that all over again um and so that's what i've been doing with that um, and then I just got it. I finally broke down and I got a subscription to Marvel Unlimited. Woo! Very so, good. Because Excellent. I read the first volume of Hawkeye and then just wanted to continue reading the entire series. So I did that over this weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, now I'm on to Young Avengers because I absolutely love um, uh, Kieran Gillian. Anything that he does, I want to be able to sink my teeth into. And the fact that he brought over the same group from... Uh, from Phonogram and from uh, um, Oh Wicked and Divine, absolutely love. Oh 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 oh, oh oh K- Katie, awesome. Wicked and Divine, wow, yes. nice, absolutely, wow. Absolutely. We're we're talking now. Oh my goodness, I think I talked about that comic a long time ago, but that is a such a cool concept. And oh, Phonogram it's absolutely too. beautiful, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and um, the two artists. Um, who do it, uh, Jamie and Matthew, I believe, are their mm-hmm. names. Uh, they're, Jamie they're, McKelvey, is that who it is? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, their line work is just absolutely stunning. And then the coloring that kind of brings it all together, especially in Wicked, that was the one that mm-hmm. kind of really, that I started with this group on. And it was just one of those things where I was looking at these panels, and it's one of the rare, com- rare comics that I got um, my spouse Aaron to read because he... I just kept going. I go, look at these pages. Look, look at these pages. <laughs> and then what do you he, see? <laughs> right. And so he was like, okay. So he actually read the entire series with me and um, we just absolutely love it. I would say Charlie phonogram is another comic that you might like, cause it's all about oh, yeah. music. It's all about mm-hmm. music and it's all about the music and it influences it and it takes its own character with these characters. It, it, it's just a cool concept that it's really neat. Mm-hmm. It's called phonogram. I think you might dig it. Because you're oh, loving wow. music, right? Because I mean, I, the genres and the way it speaks to you. Where do I track this down? Is that who, who's the publisher? Where do I find it? I think that was Image, or did Gillian publish that? It might be a Comicsology Unlimited. So I would okay. say if it's there, we'll, we'll we'll find it out for you. But I think you might dig it. But Wicked the Divine's just a cool concept about gods and living mm-hmm. and a limited life and just yeah, a lot of chaos. Wow. 
Cool. Yeah. I, I'm intrigued. I like it. Yeah, the yeah. Young Avengers, though, Charlie, did you read any of that? Because originally got kicked off. It was like the the, the, the person – wasn't it the, one of the creators, the OC? Like he was behind it and he wrote like the first run? I That was, that was um, Killian uh, – or Kieran, excuse me. Um, Kieran Gillian. He wrote the entire first 15 episodes, I think, or first 15 – Yeah, there was um, – uh, yeah, Issue, uh, yeah. Issues. There we go. That's I um. For. Yeah, there you go. That's the one. No, I. You know, I mean, in my attempt to read through the Avengers, because I, yeah, I, I always said, well, I want to read all the issues of the Avengers the same way I did all the issues of the Amazing Spider-Man, and I've just not had the stick itiveness So I believe if I look, I had a list at one point that had all of them. <laughs> I still, I still might have it. I'm, I'm not super sure. I'm, I'm, I'm looking on my phone because I did save it. Reading order. Let's see here. Uh yes, as a matter of fact, once I finish the original run of the Avengers, and then I oh god, I have to read all <laughs> I've read all of the 1998 series, and then oh. I get to and then I get to the new Avengers, the 2005 Again, series. Why do you why do you do that to yourself? I, like, because I just you know it's like I just want like, to say I, unless I missed an issue, I might miss something. I just want to be able to. I mean, I it's Charlie it's very, Murray's going to reward you. And there's so many bad issues. I just like to be able to say, I've read them all. I've read them all. What's what's bad? Who's going to, how are they going to know? How are they going to know? Because I'm going to tell them. I'm going to tell them. That's how Charlie, there are so many bad issues that you're just wasting your time. You could read better. I will say, Katie. I think you need to take a break and just read the first, just read the first 15. Okay. And and Katie, I'll actually say, actually, before J- before you read this, there's an actual mm-hmm. earlier se- series by Alan Heiberg who create who actually started it, and he was yeah, behind the OC. Did you read that version? Because it was oh, Alan Heiberg. Okay. Um, but I was excited to because um, I was introduced to Kate Bishop through Volume One of um, Gillian's Young Avengers. Got it. Got it. So yeah. So that's yeah. how I kind of knew her. And so after going through the entire issues, the entire series of the Hawkeye. Um, series that we were reading, I wanted to then go and re-familiarize myself with a Kate Bishop that I knew. Got it. Yeah, so, it's, it's, it's a really cool concept, though. I mean, Young Avengers, basically, mm-hmm. uh, all these characters are brought in, and they right. are different than you expect. Iron Lad, uh, a bunch of other characters that take some quirks. I, I really enjoyed it. Really fun. What? And then it just had a hiatus and never came back, and I'm like, are these characters coming back? Are they going to be brought in? And I, w- I really wanted them to. I, I did share with you, and uh, New Avengers was not on this, or no, the Young Avengers was not on this list. So you might have given me a reason to just throw out the baby with the bathwater here, because you're. I look at this, and it's so it's so hard to look at, uh, you know that I that I'm you know it's you know with the first line is read Avengers the 1963 series one through 402, and I'm at like. 358 and it's because it's all those covers that we've had recently Todd you know how we, and they're just it's all it's it's all so bad it's all the leather bad jackets writing, man it's bad it's, writing it's leather jackets and it's black widow with the lightsaber and it's just I just I needed intervention in my life and maybe this was it maybe this is I what I needed was it. Here. I think this was I think this, this was, was it, you know this is what I needed to you, as friends Charlie you need to get rid of your Avengers list yeah, put best, stuff in. best of. Spend your time on the best because that best the, leaves you with those good memories. So it's kind of like, you know, instead of having – it's like Elton John. You don't want to listen to the albums from the 80s. You want to just jump right to, you know, The Lion King or duet, something in the 90s. But just leave, leave leather jackets behind. That is an Elton John album that nobody 
Friends don't let friends listen to Elton John in the late 80s. Yeah. It's just, it's yeah. not allowed. It's not allowed. Life's too short. Read the best. Okay, the well, best. and I can tell you there are two authors when I look and I say, ooh, I'm going to read that because it's the mm-hmm. author. It's Gillian and then it is um, it is um, J.H. Williams and Hayden Blackman from the okay. Batwoman series. So right. this this is me telling you I don't pay attention to authors except for except for those three. So young Avengers. All right, Todd, we might have to read it together. That might be what helps me stick with it. Absolutely. (laughs) I think it's a great, great characters. Yeah. All right. All right. Very good. I'm reading it too. So you can always throw stuff at me if you want. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I surrender. I surrender. Okay. (laughs) I guess, I guess that now that I I found religion, now I can talk about what I was doing this week because, Todd says, oh, don't, don't hit them both blasts. You didn't like it to start with. Well, guess what? Yes, I went to go see The Matrix uh, in the theater. Uh, they, and uh, I think on the 23rd or maybe it was on uh, Christmas Eve or whatever. We had some time. So Matrix re- res- Resurrection or Resurrections? Resurrections. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, this was in the long list of sequels that we're seeing these days that Let's try it out a franchise. Let's bring back the old cast. Let's just put it right back in the washing machine and or put it right back in the, you know, yeah, into the clothes washer and put it on spin cycle and see what we can squeeze out. And guess what? It didn't work out. I will freely admit, first movie, eh. Second two movies, nah. This was this was some kind of weird genetic hybrid of totally awful and oh god why god oh god so yeah uh and todd you've not seen it so i'm not gonna say a lot more but katie you (laughs) you you watched this on hbo max you went to the theater i I watched it on hbo max i did not go to the theater to see it um so i will i will start i can i can appreciate the first matrix movie for um for what it did in technology wise and for like cinematic you know um forward thinking like great stuff there you know it's a fun movie for if you just want a fun action movie and i really appreciate like a lot of individuals have seen it as a trans analogy and so they have really glommed onto it that way and it's been a really meaningful movie that way but um i did not really love this one um there was a lot of things going on it just felt like lanokowski had a there was, there was a lot of different mixed metaphors and she kept kind of critiquing the fact that she had to make this sequel, but then was still making the sequel. So it felt kind of like when Andy Warhol was critiquing the art world, but he was still very active in the art world and being paid millions of dollars for his art. So I was like, well, you could, babe, you just could have stepped away. You could have just said no. Mm-hmm. And then it, even yep. if they made it, you could have just come out and said, Hey, I told them not to make it. And I didn't want anything to do with it. Right. So, no, no. Th- I mean, Neil Patrick Harris, phenomenal. How you could know, he acting, be, though? I mean, acting, come on now. Yeah. And the entire cast was really, really great. I thought they all did a phenomenal job. It just felt very muddled with what it was trying to say. Right. Yeah, it was a classic, you know, Esther get off the pot kind of situation. Don't do not do the thing you want to hate and then spend all this time telling, telling us how much you hate it. Just do it or don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, the, it's 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 the drama, drama king, drama queen, drama, what have you, whatever it, it is you want to be. I mean, 
the, I really enjoyed the first movie. I saw it in the theater at the time. I mean, it was something that really blew my mind for what they could do yeah. with film. And, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's funny because I just watched a martial arts documentary about the emergence of martial arts on screen. Very mm-hmm. cool. And the fact is, I don't think you would get um, genre films with a level of artistry in their fight scenes without The Matrix. Because from The Matrix comes uh, the, the fight choreography uh, that we got that with uh, uh, basically from China and, 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 and Asian theater with their martial arts cinematics. You wouldn't right. get the level of uh, artistry in the fighting between superheroes, whoever, without that type of film. Because it says, this is how you can do it and this is how you have to do it because you have to take it seriously. You have to actually train your fighters. You can't have people faking it because it doesn't look real. So, um, right. And then all the artistry with the, what they did with the cinematography, mm-hmm. very cool. But when the sibling of Lana said, I'm not involved this this crap, Lana could have walked yeah. away <laughs> once yeah, again. Right. Lana could have yeah, done right. the same thing. So Lana didn't not say, I'm not going to take a paycheck. So I, I honestly say, Lana, whatever you want to say, whatever, be a hypocrite, but you you got paid and you did something. So if you weren't happy right. and you right. still did it, I, I just, that's it's like, where's your integrity? I get it. It's your baby, but you made the, the last two films, which weren't great either. And if you're making this other film, which it's like, maybe this is one good idea with a lot of bad execution on the backside. So I don't know. I'll, I'll watch it still, but I heard it's basically mm-hmm. trying to be, like you said, a retread of something that just probably didn't need it. And it might lead us to a, a good topic in the future, Charlie, unnecessary sequels. <laughs> I think we <laughs> talked about in the past. I, I think we did. I think we talked about it pretty recently, yeah, but maybe as far yeah. as really drilling down on it. Yeah. I mean, Name for me, you know, in the last five years, one of these movies that was a, a, a dormant franchise. They're, they're like, here's part five. You know, yeah. I think like like I think the Rocky Rocky films did it well because Rocky Balboa came out in mm-hmm. 06 or twenty twelve, and that that had been dormant for almost twenty years. And they made a really great heartfelt film, and that spun it off into the Creed franchise, which Balboa, you know, uh, the yeah. Balboa character came back for that, and those were mm-hmm. exceptional. There was nothing exceptional about this. It was, yeah, it was exactly like, I got my check. Here's your pile of shit, but I got my check. So, boop. Yeah, that's yeah. basically what was going on here. That's not cool. I'll watch it. Not- I mean, I'm not expecting much. My expectations are very low. So maybe based on very low expectations, I'll low be ceiling. like, eh, eh. Yeah, right. And I think, like, like I said, I enjoyed watching the first movie you know, for these cinematic advancements that they did, like, you know, the, the moment where Trinity jumps up and they do the full bullet time around mm-hmm. her. I just really right. loved Trinity as a character. Like, yeah. And especially as a young girl watching it, you know, and like the line between her and Neo where Neo goes, geez, I thought you were a guy. And she goes, most guys do. Like, I loved that line. That line sat with me, you know, right. in my, my little self. But like this one, it just like, it, it had a lot of those really great fight scenes. It had a lot of those really great cinematics, but it also had kind of the slog of, going back and watching because we watched the original matrix before watching this one. And it had kind of that same muddled tone of not really knowing where it wanted to go with like the philosophy of it. Right. Um, and there was a lot of back and forth with that. So it's just yeah. like, hmm. yeah, I, I just rewatched the matrix as well. And it, it did reinvigorate me in the matrix. I'm like, Oh, great. But I chose, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to watch a, what happened in the sequels. Cause I knew I didn't like those movies at the yeah, time. And I saw them. And the so I was like, <laughs> here it is in eight minutes. I'm like, yep, got it. Good to go. Awesome. Right. I don't need to watch that stuff. But what really struck me in the first matrix was the soundtrack and how well it worked 
mm-hmm. with everything right. too. At the time, it was really iconic. But yeah, maybe it is one of those of the time and isn't timeless, which is fine. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, cool. And I will, uh, we're, we're running a little long here, so I'll blast on through. But I am uh, fully in the grips with just four days to go. But uh, by the time you hear this, it will be out. Uh, Bob for Fever, that would be the book, the book of Boba Fett. Uh, really fired up. We've not had live action Star Wars uh, since The Mandalorian uh, ended almost exactly this time a year ago when we were brilliantly teased with uh, Boba Fett taking over as the crime lord uh, after knocking off Bib Fortuna, who was the heir apparent uh, to, obviously, Jabba Hutt at the end of Return of the Jedi. This is five years later, uh, and we're seeing how Boba Fett's going to lay down the law. So uh, there's some rules, or there's some news recently that all the clips we've had uh, essentially come from the first half of the first episode. So we've got a little tonal information. Don't necessarily know where it's going to go, but I'm really excited for the ride. So bringing back my Star Wars uh, love and excitement, so... Uh, ready to ready to make it happen. Can't wait till they find their baby Greedo. Oh, you, is it, there's got to be something. <laughs> there's got to be a, ba- ba- a baby Tuscan, little Tuscan. Sure. Why not? There you go. Protect the baby. Oh, Salt some up. And go to Tatooine. Always oh. go to Tatooine. But they're already there. So anyway, uh, hoping uh, to be uh, you know d- delighted and entertained by that. Excellent. Well, I'll close it up. Uh, Witcher's season two after a year hiatus. Oh, my goodness, it's, I love The Witcher, love the video game series. Uh, although it's a only uh, number three, I haven't played two. Well, I played a little bit of two, played a little bit of one. So I really uh, and I've I've listened to a little bit of books on tape, but I love the Witcher three, the video game. I love Witcher season one. They are disparate because Witcher is based on the books, not based on the video game. So it's a little bit of mishmash of things, stories adventures that happen within it which are very cool um i really liked where witcher one went and it took some time to develop the characters really hit their stride find where their budget was going to land and take advantage of that uh but witcher see uh episode one season two really a nice self-contained story very well done really loved it it was more of a morality tale really really enjoyed it and henry henry cavill oh my goodness i love that he's just embracing this he's a big old geek and he's just enjoying it and he is so convincing in his sword play and his uh embracing the role which is great because fantasy is harder to pull off than i would say like sci-fi or realistic mm-hmm. things because Not you're bad. dealing with dragons and magic and it's fanciful and and fairies and it's like but sometimes it can be very cool, like, you know, or you could go to Game of Thrones, which is grim and gritty and maybe a little bit of fanciful. Witcher mm-hmm. is like that balance of grim and gritty plus high fantasy in a lot of ways. It becomes that that mid-tier um, with a lot of political things. And and and, and so I, I'm really enjoying this. The fact that, you know, spoilers, Siri and, and, and Geralt are together now. It's a really cool relationship. Um, it's like father and daughter or big brother, little sister really enjoy it and i like where it's going and we've got some other story threads we'll pull in but episode one fantastic check it out witcher season two uh, apparently it's been blessed with a third season which makes me so happy so Ooh, very good nice. yeah yeah so very cool and then lastly i saw nightmare alley uh guillermo del toro's latest film this has nothing to do with the supernatural this is a noir uh story it was a book first in the 40s adapted into a movie with tyrone power in 1947 and it's essentially a noir film 
crime drama, morality tale. Uh, you've got Bradley Cooper uh, with a nice mustache, <laughs> dapperly dressed, Oki trying to get himself uh, resurrected, goes and joins a carnival with Willem Dafoe, a bunch of other people, Tony Collette's in it. Um, uh, just a great cast. You feel the era, uh, depression era, well, just coming out of the depression in the 40s. And then Bradley Cooper's trying to make something of himself. He teams up with this woman. They fall in love. And that's when you kind of see things go wrong. And you just see, you're like, don't do it, Bradley Cooper. Don't do it. Don't make that mistake. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Kate Blanchett, stop going after Bradley Cooper and seducing him. Don't do it. And oh, my goodness. It's so good. So well done. But so not heartwarming at all. But man, oh, man, they're just embracing this. It's well done. Um, it's it's really really awesome i really enjoyed it but it's not for everybody because it is not a heart fill it's not a heartwarming movie it but it is so of the air and it just feels right when clint kate blanchett comes on stream it's like oh my goodness is she from 1945 because she just that vamp she puts on and she is such a versatile actress and just mm -hmm. is wonderful and you forget that she is in a lot of her movies, she's just very much like untouchable and like the Lord of the Rings. You think of her as Galadriel and just effervescent. You're like, she can be very sexual and just very, wow, man. Kate Blanchett. Very subtle. Kiss. Thank you. Okay. Oh my goodness. Sorry, I'm <laughs> going off a tangent, but it's, it's really good. If, you, if you've got some spare time, you want to see a cool movie that takes you in a different era, definitely check out Nightmare Alley. Oh, gotcha. And where, and where, where would I watch that at? Uh, on the big screen. Oh, that's on the, you went to the theater and I saw a movie? Well, and I saw it because I'm like, this may be a movie that may others may not want to see. So I saw it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You wanted to singularly support it. I commend you. Very cool. I like it. Yes. So that is it for the Geek Easy. But now it's time for us to turn to a different location. Because um, we all need to get away from this weather we're having. So we're going to head down to the balmy era where the mutants are chilling out, wearing the sunscreen, getting some rays. And that's the Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome for a topic or a game for the mutants to be entertained. And this week, we are talking about all things Hawkeye. Hawkeye? however you would like it, Why not? Uh, especially if you read the comic or other places. Um, we essentially now have Hawkeye, the Disney Plus series, but we have a little bit of uh, foundation building based on the Hawkeye uh, comic book series by Matt Fraction and David Aja. Aha, however you want to pronounce it. I've heard both, which is very funny. And apparently it went 24 issues with that yes. creative team, yes. which is very cool. And it's basically known that that team essentially was a huge influence on this Disney Plus series. The colors, the the, the core story, a lot of the characters, the, the just even scenes taken directly from the comic into the uh, TV series. So it might be good to like talk about the Disney Plus series and just layer in how the comic book influenced the series because I don't think many people read the comic book. I mean, it's going to be very limited, and I hope more people do after this. But right. still, I think it's helpful to say, hey, there's really good stuff that made this thing happen. Without the series, comic series, we would have not gotten this Hawkeye, which I think a lot of people are saying is very beloved. So let's start there. So uh, we got Hawkeye. Charlie, you and I have talked about 
uh, I think three to four to five issue uh, episodes. Now six wrapped up. Right. Last week. And we are done with the series. And quite honestly, we don't know where it's going next. So, right. um, uh, and then we also read the comic book, at least the life as a weapon, uh, mini a trade paperback that includes right. a right. background story with young Avengers. They introduced Kate Bishop. And uh, so we have that as kind of comparatives. So if you do want to read kind of what influences, check it out. Marvel unlimited, Amazon prime, trade paperback your local comic book shop it's all there so with that folks uh don't if you don't want to be spoiled turn away and then read and watch and come back but we'll go from there so katie so you just finished up the comic book run one through 29 24 numbers numbers are weird i'm I'm seeing i'm seeing 22 on my uh on my uh, oh. Marvel Unlimited, so nice. Okay, I, oh, gotcha. I read through okay. one, run through twenty two. Um, there you go. And I will say that we're um, again backtracking. I was introduced to Kate Bishop in Young Avengers, so that was kind of the Kate Bishop I was used to, and I was very excited to see that Kate Bishop kind of portrayed more on screen um, through the MCU, uh, which is what I really enjoyed. Now I feel like where there was a little bit of a difference was. The MCU version of Hawkeye felt very much as a story about Kate Bishop with Clint Barton there. This one of the comic felt very much like Clint Barton with a side of Kate Bishop. Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. I'm very glad that they took the time in the Hawkeye series or TV series to make Kate more front and center. I mean, she's the first character you see when the first episode starts. Um, and so that part made me really, really excited. And I mean, overall, I, I was maybe a little, I was a little concerned because I just rewatched the entire series over the last two days just to kind mm-hmm. of keep it fresh in my mind. And I was like, Ooh, I'm like, am I not going to like it now? Like, is it like not going to be new and shiny anymore? And then I'm going to feel really like about it and see all of the flaws in it. And I actually had no trouble watching it through again, an entire time. Mm-hmm. It was just um, Haley who plays Kate Bish just, Oh, I feel like she just nails the part. She does such a great job. Mm-hmm. And um, her and Yelena, I want an entire spinoff series with those two. Yes, oh, please. I could, <laughs> I could watch those two. I just, I just all the time find myself just riffing on her, just repeating stuff she says. She she's like she and Todd are a lot alike because Todd says co- really cool a lot, and Elena says really cool a lot. It's really mm-hmm. cool, Kate Bishop. And then her, she's enjoying macaroni and cheese with hot sauce, and just she's awesome. She's so, and the oh, two of them. Yeah. Kate's all. Are you keep saying my full name just to just to make just to remind me that you know it? You're like, ha ha! You're so funny. You're so funny, Kate Bishop. Oh my god! <laughs> I love the fact that she has the most like Natasha from Rocky and Bullwinkle accent too. It just so brings it forward. It's like, oh my goodness! It's I love it. So Everybody great. can do that accent. Right. It's so great. Well, and even just uh, like the way that they're able to riff off of each other and just really move in her, like the costuming they did for her was so great because every time you see her, when she's like in like civilian clothes, she looks like a Russian walking around America. (laughs) She looks like a Russian tourist and it's so fantastic. She she would not have made it on the, that the, the American show that Carrie Russell was on would not have, she would not have blended. She's not a blender. Not when you have that hairstyle. It's my favorite hairstyle. It was like the, it was like the horse mane. It was the horse yeah. mane with braided. I'm like, mohawk. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. that is the best hairstyle I ever have. I'm more jealous of anything. It's like, that is a horse mane <laughs> in real life. Right. I'm going to try to figure out how to do it with mine. I'm going to try to figure Ooh. it out. 
I, I see a Yelena cosplay coming your way if you ever decide to dip your toe back in. I don't even know if that's a, lot, a real amount of hair, though. You, you need a lot more hair to do. I think that's not even possible, right? That has more hair than it requires, I assume. Is it like the braid that she had on the side? Yeah. That, was an ex, that was an added thing. Yeah. But you could do that braid. It's yeah. just a lot of like kind of pulling and fluffing it up. It was a mohawk without anything else. It was a... Yeah, it was a, it was a just beautiful. Faux hawk is what you would call that. Absolutely, I, wow. I just was impressed totally. Um, so let's talk a little bit about this whole Kate because in the comic, Kate is fully formed. She is kind of considered more of a pro than Clint is. Clint is more in the comic a screw up. He's kind of making his way through it. He's kind of dealing with like dealing with his DVR and hookups with Tony Stark, all this weird stuff that we see in the background. He's kind of a living in this crappy apartment with the people that know him. He's got no anonymity. And Kate comes in kind of just to save his bacon many, many times versus we see in the TV series. Kate is really becoming formed because how she trained because she was influenced by Clint because she wanted to be a hero because she was in, I mean, so it was just a really different juxtaposition, but it was really well done on both parts. And the, I think the source material is complementary to both. Yeah, I will say, I felt like she was more of a tertiary character in yeah. um, Hawkeye, like reading through the comics. And especially because I had heard this as like, this was where she was really introduced. And like, if you really want to get to know Kate Bishop, like read the Hawkeye series. And then she came in and she was just kind of there and it felt very, mm -hmm. she felt very much like she was still in, she was still there to drive Clint forward versus them right. driving each other together. Right. Partners. No, yeah. Not, mm -hmm. not much of a partnership. I, I had this bad vibe and maybe this played out, you know, later on as the comic goes on that she was, that they were setting it up as kind of a Mulder and Scully, will they, won't they? Like there was a romance angle to there it. There was I, some I, weird sexual tension and I, there didn't, and I did not understand I, that. I, I really was not caring for that. And again, one of my favorite, my, my introduction to Hawkeye as a character happened in the 90s reading stuff from the 80s from Mark Gruenwald, who I talk about all the time. He's one of my, the late Mark Gruenwald, one of my favorite creators, did that great run on Cap, uh, the captain where, you know, uh, where Steve Rogers lost a role. And But before that, he did a four-issue miniseries where uh, Hawkeye and Mockingbird met and then later married uh, in 1983. Um, absolutely loved it. But, you know, I, you know, that, that worked. That absolutely worked uh, to have them connect. And then later she died, but she didn't really die because she was a scroll. Sorry, big spoilers. And then she comes back and they get together. They don't get together. But again, this, yeah, there was there was a lot of sexual tension. Like she sees him without a shirt on. She's naked. And she's like, oh, really? You had to take your shirt off or something. And I'm like, no, just stop it. Ah, because yeah, I'm thinking about her. I'm thinking about her like Haley. Haley's a child and he's grown. And yeah. I it mean, just didn't click with me. In the comics, she debuted in 2005. Uh, they actually were introduced again in 2012. So that's when she played. So, I mean, real time, she said she was introduced there seven years later. I don't know the age group. I don't know the relationship before then. Uh, I know there was some play because she took on the moniker of Hawkeye. Right. I don't know how that plays mm -hmm. out. It, obviously, Mockingbird has a relationship with Hawkeye in the comics. I know he dated and he dated uh, Natasha in the comics as well before then as well, versus she, they never were uh, a relationship in the TV right. series. Well, and, then, yeah. and then even, even further back, he had a, he had a fling with the Scarlet witch, which in the movies, it's very much of a, 
you know, father, daughter or a father, older cousin Absolutely. or something that just absolute or brother, sister deal. So there's no, but yeah, Hawkeye in the comics was kind of banging everybody at one point or another. So that's not, that, that's not a translation, obviously uh, to the big screen. No, it's, it's a different relationship in the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the TV series and yeah. this, once again, she, he is more of a mentor to her in this. She is more of a focused, like, uh, idealistic. I am going to be a hero and Clint's kind of been through the ringer. He's been a villain. He's been an Avenger. He's kind of just struggling by. He's right. getting older. And Kate is kind of at her prime in, in full. And I mean, if you get into the comic, she's posing as Madame Mask, Charlie. I don't know right. if you got to that part, which is. I don't know. Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's totally. great. So, I mean, they do some really cool things. And um, the comic really did a great job of using visual arts, the different art styles to really bring about some really cool visuals that mm-hmm. the TV series totally incorporate, which is cool. And like you right. talked about the costuming, the costuming with Kate is fantastic. Works less with Clint, I think. <laughs> he looks okay <laughs> in it, but not great. But Kate looks yeah. fantastic in it. Well, and well, even in the first few, ep- or at least in the first issue, um, the coloring that they did to kind of key, because there's like, I think, three different timelines going on in that first comic. Mm-hmm. And the way that they delineated it versus what tone they were using on the panels was really, really engaging. And they did a really great job going back and forth with, forth with that. Now, I think the problem was with their consistency where like, they kind of continue to do that sometimes where they would play with their timelines and then sometimes they wouldn't. And so it got really kind of confusing. I'm like, wait, which one are we on? And then they were like, I know there were some publishing issues as far as like which episode or which issues they were able to get out when. So it got a little bit hectic there. But yeah, they did have some really beautiful visuals going on. Nice. I love it. Yeah, good. definitely great stuff. And a lot of people were like, well, I just don't know. Hawkeye, you know, is referred to the series. I just don't know if he can carry his own and blah, blah. He's not interesting. But, oh, my gosh, just now that it's all said and done, people are absolutely gushing. Um, you know, MCU on, on Disney Plus has not has not had a had a flop so far. So they keep the streak going. Um, what? um I'm trying to figure out, struggling with what we're going to get next for them and when. Has there been anything announced? Um, we're getting Doctor Strange next in a, from a TV series. I'm not yeah. sure what's next after that. It, it's nothing. Nothing has been cemented with a release date, but we do have Doctor gotcha. Strange release date in May, which we did see with WandaVision, things right. like that. With Clint, right. though, Clint's so tied to the Avengers, I'm not sure where he would show up again unless we get some type of Dark Avengers where right. uh, it's going to be weird. Like Once again, you know, Yelena got brought in, and we weren't sure what role she would have, and right. she was brought in as kind of a secondary, uh, you know, uh, you know, anti-hero or whatever you want to call it, because we've seen the relationship mm-hmm. form with these characters. Mm-hmm. They do connect. We get a, 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 a nice, I guess, uh, cap to that conflict. So right. we don't have Yelena potentially going off board and becoming a Dark Avenger, as we thought might happen. But we have Maya, that character. Now Maya yeah, was not part yeah, of no. all of the hockey, the ho- hockey, the Hawkeye, all um, the hockey t- TV series. But we had Maya Echo character as part of uh, more of the Avengers and Daredevil storyline in the comics, oh, and gotcha. she takes a different approach because in this series and also with Spider Man, we got uh, Matt Murdock brought in, and, right. and we've got the Netflix universe now as part of the MCU. 
that mm-hmm. Kingpin was brought in. And Kingpin right. and Kate had a very good fight scene. Oh, right. Amazing. Left you absolutely wondering exactly what was the deal with the Kingpin's abilities. And April and I were talking about this when we were watching it this morning because the Kingpin in the comics, and again, he's a Spider-Man character, going back to 1967, ASM number 50, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he is basically, he's a bodybuilder. And, you know, and of course, back in the Stan Lee era, era, when everybody just spoke what they thought, he would say, people think that this is blubbery fat, but I am like a sumo wrestler. Blah, blah, blah. I mean, there were no thought bubbles. Everyone just spoke. And that was, I swear to God, go back and look at that comic. That is an actual line of dialogue from that. Um, but yeah, in this, he gets hit by a car, shot in the chest with an arrow, bunch of explosions, uh, and he's the bunch of explosions is the ones that hurt him because obviously after they have their big fight and he's crushed her arrows and they're laid out all over the floor. She does the famous bling and sets it all off. And you know, there's blah, blah, blah. That's what takes him out, but he still escapes. But then he meets his Waterloo at the end when he again bumps into echo and, and at least off. Right. Well, he's got, but again, so I said, April, I said, do you think he has the serum? Did he get the super soldier serum that you saw these, you know, cats running around with in uh, Captain America and the Winter Soldier uh, show. You know, I mean, I don't know. Kingpin has always just been, like, he's never really had powers, but he's always just been one of those guys that could really take a beating and give a beating. Like, it was one of those where he was supernatural without being supernatural, because from my understanding in the comics, he does get shot in the face by Echo. Oh. He did tear tear the door off. He did tear the door off the car. Normal people can't do that, though. Well, and again, well, even he, really he, super strong, could, like bodybuilder. I don't think a bodybuilder yeah. could. Bodybuilders can the... tear doors off cars. They can bend the door, but because of the way it's built, they can't do it. I think the, the, there's something more to him. Because, yeah, the the biggest issue with me is how yeah. Eleanor blasted him with the car, and he flew through and through the window into through he the wall into the building. Bones. He would have broken. Yeah, bones. and he just gets. And then also, yeah. you know, he gets shot in the chest with an arrow, and it's always. I know Hawkeye has said in dialogue of episodes that at a certain range, an arrow shot is uh, hits harder than a bullet. So that would, and yeah. it looked like it hit, I'm trying to, it hit in his chest, like right here. So it would have gone through his lung or something, but I just, I feel, I, I do feel like there's something else going on with powers. I just, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. Cause in dead or in a daredevil, I mean, he took a real pounding from uh, Murdoch too on quite a few, it survived quite a few things. And right. like, I, I honestly, I don't mind if they don't give him superpowers just because like, that's always been his vibe. And it's, there's something right. that's just kind of naturally unnerving. And I'll have that suspension of belief, just that this is just a really big, strong, angry dude. Right. Right. And, and it's all adrenaline. Could be. Yeah. It's just, yeah. yeah. I always thought when they brought in, if they did bring the Netflix characters, they would have to adjust their power scale. Because right. Daredevil in the Netflix series would have a hard time taking on, if he has a hard time with ninjas, taking on like extra-dimensional people, he wouldn't survive because he didn't right. have heightened things. And, and I think what they're going to do is adjust their power levels. And so we could see the Kingpin take from... Because he's, you know, I think he would do his due diligence to make sure he's protected. If he's going to go out right. and, and right. take on people, oh, yeah. he's protected in some way. So I could see them using the power. What is it? The uh, the, 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 ser- the serum from the uh, cap and, and winter soldier. Yeah, yeah. That to protect himself. Right. That he got yeah. his hand. He got his hands on it somehow. Uh, this final episode did give me one of my favorite 
uh, lines in a recent something is when uh, uh, Vera Farmiga as Eleanor says to Kate, when the cop show up to take her away, is this what heroes do? Arrest their mothers on Christmas? Stone cold. Stone cold. And, and she says, she's like, bye, mom. I love you. It was such a... Um such a beautiful like mother daughter type interaction too of right. that, like quiet like underpinning and it just <laughs> like for yeah. me i was just like oh ouch i mean it's like you literally killed a dude yes of course she yeah. called the cops like this is yeah. totally this is a total normal thing to do and yet you're guilt tripping her for this how is yeah that right happening? you're like can't you just get your broom and sweep it under the rug isn't that what we do mm, right. that's not what that's not what heroes do they arrest their mothers on christmas Cl- i would pick this up and drop it but i don't want to make a noise clunk drop that mic and and Jack got you know he was the 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 red herring in all of this because we thought right, he was going to exactly. be the swordmaster and we get him redeeming himself having a good old time and and we got obviously the 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 the, the larpers having a good time so it was a good supplemental cast they did a good job of of bringing everything together Echo you know faced her demons we don't know the the bullet went off we don't know what happened to Kingpin if it, anything actually occurred from that and echo has a long, you know, I'm really cool that she got brought in. She's actually a, a deaf actress and right. the fact that in, you know, she gets to have a role and, and really act using sign language and interacting mm-hmm. with those. Very cool. So, I mean, we'll this is a cool series. Going too. Yeah. And, and we'll see how that goes because I don't know a lot about the character and a lot of people won't. And where does she go? Where, what are her, things that she connects with and what she will she do next so that's right. a cool open door that was like would anybody have ever thought when the echo was introduced in the character in the comic she would be on the silver screen and right. that's the wonder of like all of this right yeah, yeah. Of, of how they're really hitting the notes and, and diversifying yeah. with characters from all across so yeah there are uh i'm sure i'm certain rumors out there that this will go into a second season um, are other are, are other of the Disney shows being announced as the second season? I know that that Falcon slash Cap Winter Soldier is going right into a film. Um, is Loki Loki must be coming back with that huge I think setup? Loki's getting a season two. Yeah, yeah, not everything, but uh, specific what? ones will get a yeah. second season. Yeah, right. and we'll see that happen. And um, with this, what if I, isn't what if getting a second? Yeah, it totally, is, yeah, totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, it'll it'll be curious because they have to pace themselves well because we do know we're getting She-Hulk, we're getting a bunch of different series, we're getting right. uh, the, the, the Marvels, Marvels yeah, movie, yeah. which is coming out next, and then right. you know, we're getting uh, Miss Marvel, the TV series, so right. and I always worry about the era of COVID, what's going to get held back, and can they right. pivot because if they want to do like behind the scenes or, or, or the, the end credits, right. is it going to screw something else that happens? I right. don't know going to happen. Which they, you know, they had to play with that a bit uh, with Black Widow, they stuck in an extra scene there that mm-hmm. they ended up including Julia Louis Dreyfus character, which was obviously introduced in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So, you know, it's not it's not hard for them to course correct. They, you know, they haven't screwed up yet so far. Mm-hmm. You know, this is this is not the team that brought you the Inhumans. No, no, definitely. <laughs> so, Jay, so Jay, what after all of this, what do you want to see next? Because um, we know the comic has run its Ooh. trend, but what do you want to mm. see out of the actual series? Um, 
I'm going to be honest, the one thing that I, I was like super excited and then I went, wait, uh, was when um, Laura showed the 19 on the back of her watch and you found out that she used to be Mockingbird because oh, yeah. I'm Mockingbird. Wait, does that mean I'm not getting Bobby? Because if that means that she's that iteration of Mockingbird, am I not going to see, you know, Bobby and Morse on the silver screen or get or even on Disney Plus or something? Because I absolutely love Bobby. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I'm still I'm still hopeful with fingers crossed that I will get some sort of iteration of Bobby. Right. But, or or if, you know, again with everybody different names and stuff, is right. Laura actually Bobby or does it, you know, does it right. what does and that really look like? Yeah. That's kind of what it I'm hoping for is maybe they separated her, made her her own character and then Bobby's going to be coming in in some other fashion. Right. It it could be like James Bond. You know, double right. seven mockingbird. You know, Mock, yeah, mock, version. Mockingbird yeah. is mockingbird is a black widow. You know, because yeah. uh, you know she she's trying to. You know, Clint wants to spin Hawkeye into Kate having that title, which she does. So yeah, what's in a name? You know, you're an agent. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. I was I was I was satisfied with Laura because otherwise it just kind of didn't make any sense. Like, oh, Clint's this trained Jack Bauer kind of killer. But he's got a wife and a family, so it makes a hell of a lot more sense that he married her 20 years ago. They met and married 20 years she's ago. In the and yeah. and she's in the business. She's in the business, yeah. yeah. But now, yeah. you know, but she's super retired and has been since, you know, she gave birth to their, you know, their oldest child. And she's always been retired and been the homemaker. And, uh, and then he finally, after, you know, Age of Ultron, said he was going to retire and came back. And then, uh, and now he's looking to retire again. Yeah, I would just like to see something more for Mockingbird than just being, you know, a stay-at-home mom. Right, exactly. I would like to see a next series where Hawkeye is the guy at home taking care of the kids. And this Mockingbird goes out with Yelena and goes out with Kate. And oh, be very yes. Good. I'd be down. I, I'm that. down. Yes. I, yeah, I'm down. Absolutely. I'm sold. I didn't, that didn't even cross my mind, but now I'm totally down. Totally. Why down. not? That's awesome. it's, it could be the I don't know what is it. Yelena does. She's widow, mockingbird, hawk. They could be like the birds of prey. Don't say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. Anybody comes up with a catchphrase for these three fantastic assassin ladies? The, 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 cat, the, the cat birds. There, you got it. The cat birds. There's no cats involved, Charlie. I mean, it's I, it's I insect. Think- l- yeah. Oh, it's I, was, I do br- think they're definitely setting up for a Young Avengers. I mean, we've already seen Kid Loki. We've got right. Kate Bishop now. You know, they've already talked about America Chavez. Like, it seems like right. where we're going. Ironheart so is yeah. going to be introduced. Um, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. yeah. We're going to have Miss Marvel. So, and so, yeah. you know, you could put uh, Peter Parker into this if you wanted to, if they expanded right. it. I don't know how that relationship works. Um, right. And then you've got all their characters. Exactly. Miles Morales, yeah, finally. Well, we'll there see. Was, uh, so well, and that gives us, yeah. I don't see anything about Spider-Man. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, <laughs> well, well, then you we'll clearly see. skipped our last episode, which is just fine. Okay, yeah, so, all right. <laughs> so we, we didn't get a stinger at the end of this episode. We got more of the... Ah, uh, Rogers which, the Musical. I can do this all. Oh, sorry. It was okay. <laughs> I, mu- I muted okay. myself. Yeah, it was okay. <laughs> it was it was it was it was Hamilton. If Hamilton was terrible, there we go. <laughs> exactly. Spider Man. What? It, it oh, Spider Man. Turn off the lights. Yeah, turn yeah. on the dark. Yeah. Turn off the dark. Yeah. Not great. Um. So yeah. So we're there. So um. Let's not 
review that well i mean we can review both the comic and the uh disney plus series so uh what's your score on the comic trade paperback charlie go uh you know this it was a fun super cool departure i'll give it nine out of ten trick arrows um i thought it was okay so i probably only give it like five out of ten trick arrows okay wow it was just a little. It was a little. It was a little dark and broody for my taste. I was, yeah. I was hoping for a little bit more fun banterism. Yeah, which wasn't as much there. I hear you. I hear. You. What about you, Tad? I'll give a nine out of ten pizza dog slices. Mm, yes. ten, 10 slices of the dog alright and then uh, cycling back to the TV show uh, it is tough to hold it up against any of the other ones because they've all been phenomenal but I, I love this touched me in a, in a pretty good place uh, the, the stuff with the kingpin left me wanting more but it also left me irritated so for that I'll give it an 8.75 uh, basically uh, ticket stubs to Rogers the Musical <laughs> Um, I appreciated that I finally got some time to mourn Natasha's passing because it seemed like they kept undercutting that every time we got mm. to talk about it. Um, right. So I'm going to give it um, 9 out of 10 uh, macaroni and cheese. Spindles. Ooh, nice. With hot sauce. With hot sauce. Oh Ooh, God. I love hot sauce. <laughs> Um, I will say this. I think this is the most level-headed Marvel series. It wasn't tied down to gimmicks. It was a good story. It wasn't tied down to like a lot of tension. It was just a good story, and it was fun, and it didn't have to have a lot of reveals, which was very fun. Uh, so I'll give this one uh, 8.5 out of 10 trick arrows uh, that nice. the Pym Corporation and Stark Corporation would like back. There you go. Yeah, Pimtech. Yeah, those things are just on loan. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that uh, that's a wrap for us, kids. So, uh, Katie, oh, I'm so happy to inaugurate uh, not only having you on with us once a month, uh, but yes. also for the fact that you're going to be joining me uh, over on Code 47 uh, in mm -hmm. a couple of weeks. Uh, Peter, uh, my, Peter, my current co-host, is going to take a little hiatus, and Katie and I are going to be talking about Prodigy and punching up that lead character, and also mm -hmm. uh, digging into mm -hmm. the somewhat dubious second season of Star Trek The Next Generation. That's going to be, be great. It's going to be awesome. I love it. <laughs> Good stuff. I love it. Uh, and in the meantime... Uh, you can find me. Uh, I'm trying to be better in the new year about Twitter. Todd keeps needling me. Twitter's where it's at. Twitter's where it's at. Get Sorry, better on Twitter. Only old people in your family are on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yes, exactly. All right. So anyway, you can find me over uh, on Twitter uh, at the C3. Spell it out. Uh, I also do run the USS Grand Petoskey, the Michigan chapter of the Star Trek International Fan Club. Find it at that website. Also find it on Twitter at that address and Instagram. And I also run the Secret Friends Unite Facebook page for the most part, which Todd doesn't like. Uh, and I do have people sometimes calling me names, but I still keep posting news over there. So that's where I'm at. Todd, what about you? Well, Katie, where can people find you? Because I mean, I mean, Katie, where can people find you? <laughs> um, I will also promise to try to be better at Twitter because... I don't like it as much, but you can find me at QT Geek, and that is Q underscore T Geek on Twitter, and then um, Quintessential Geek on Instagram. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm trying to be better on Instagram, but, but it's like it's like pictures and things. And it's like, OK, that's that's great. Right. Cool. My pictures aren't as exciting as everyone else's. So there we go. <laughs> I'm at T Oxtra on Twitter. 
Um, find me there to talk about the world of nerd, comic books, video games, and uh, yelling at the cloud because people are need to be better at their customer service. Oh, well, that's where I'm there uh, as supporting many people in the world of nerd. And then, obviously, everything with Secret Friends Unite. Check us out there, which you'll hear at the end of the show. But I will say this. Very fun. If you check in on our YouTube page, you will see actually the cover of the comic book show comic book we talk about every episode it's right there in our video podcast so just tune in just to see the comic book we talked about it's there folks that's the number one reason to watch also see our beautiful faces and the cool background behind me so there you go so that is oh yes everybody up their background game that's all I asked yes. for. <laughs> I have to. <laughs> yes. I'm mean, reoccurring at this point. I need to, I need to step up my game besides my broken lines. That's okay. true. It, it's you know like someone is trying to attack you, Katie, and yeah. I would worry right. about your health. Yeah. So um, right. with that, yeah, check the, the, the podcast will be out on every Friday, the video podcast soon to follow after that. So very, very much. That is where you can find us on the world of nerd. So Charlie, take us out. Friends, thank you for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Bye, y'all. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck. Be cool, bro. Bro, bro, bro. Bro. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.